If you want your life to make a difference, a real and lasting difference, well, you're at the right spot. Welcome to the God and a Man podcast. Over the next few minutes, we'll encourage you to pursue God's heart because we believe a man pursuing God's heart will make a difference. Thanks for listening to the God and a Man podcast. Now, here's Tim Brown to share some life-changing principles. Welcome to another episode of God in a Man podcast. I'm your host, Tim Brown. And today I'm joined by a gentleman that got brought across my path many years ago. And he's one of those relationships that um, the Lord just kind of drops into your life and uh, when he wants to do that and that, that I've been very thankful for. So I have, have on the line with me today, Doug Lawson. Doug is presently uh, the president and COO of Field and Main Bank in Henderson, Kentucky. Uh, just took that role uh, back in late 2018. I think that's correct, Doug. Is that right? Yeah. And prior to that, Doug yes, has a background in the banking industry, uh, I think going all the way back to the mid-90s. Um, I'm, I'm cheating here. I'm kind of looking at a bio here, but um, <laughs> Doug's going Doug's younger than he looks. If you You're ever look at his picture, of, but uh, uh, you, I, I show here you started in the banking industry in 1997 at the Citizens Bank in the metropolitan city of Hickman, Kentucky. Is that correct? All the way to the corner of the universe, right. Hickman, Kentucky. That is correct. Yeah, yeah. and you've great, uh, great, great day. A, uh, some di uh, various institutions since then, and. and different roles. And, uh, I think you're probably going to tell me the greatest role you've had is to be the husband to your, um, amazing wife. You're like me, you out punted your coverage. Uh, and then Doug has two, Amen. uh, just wonderful daughters that are in college right now. I think both of them, is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Go both race. Murray Doug's State. a graduate of Murray State University as well. Um, so, Doug, thanks for your time this morning, um, especially since you're at the lake vacation and you uh, will <laughs> give us a few minutes of your time. So, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. I appreciate the uh, opportunity and I'm humbled and I look forward to All right. All right. talking about our friend Jesus. Doug, today. I, what I'd kind of yeah. like for you to uh, zero in on this morning is. You're a guy that all the years I've known you, um, you've been involved in a lot of different um, capacities, I guess, and roles. You um, Not just your career, but you're a guy that's volunteered on a lot of boards. You've been involved with your two daughters in their sports or extracurricular activities they were involved in. Um, you're a family man. Um, you, I mean, you're, you're a busy guy. I mean, from what I know of you all, you've always just been a busy guy. But the thing I've always respected and honored about you is, is, is that you've always made investing in other men a big part of your life. And I, I know there's a lot of guys listening to this that the enemy kind of gets in their head and tells them, Hey, you don't have time to do that kind of stuff. You know, you got, 
you, you, you got something you're trying to achieve. You gotta, you gotta stay focused on that. And, um, and so the enemy kind of gets in their head. And when we challenge some of those guys are like, man, it sounds great, but I just, I just really don't have the time. Uh, could you kind of maybe talk about the fact how you just kind of made that decision? Maybe, maybe the first time you stepped into a setting with a group of men and kind of what some of that looked like. Yeah. So uh, yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, I could tell you exactly where I was at and what I was doing and where we were living. I had uh, taken a job in Paducah. I was still, I was in banking. It was early in my career. And uh, I got invited kind of randomly to a 5 a.m. book study at the church. And the station, I didn't know a lot of folks up there. We knew some, but we were relatively young. It was uh, kids would have been four, five, six years old. So it was at a point in our life where we're, there is no time. You know, that I was working as hard as I could work. I wanted to you know, do really well for my family and um, young kids, you know how that is. There is never a dull moment. So I could make excuses about, oh, I've got to go to this meeting or that meeting or I need to be 19 or things. Well, I, 5 a.m., it's hard to make yeah. an excuse for 5 a.m. Sleeping, you know. I don't think you know, so. Yeah. I'm like, okay. It's, yeah. Then, then if you don't go at 5 a.m., you're just lazy. I mean, that is just slothfulness, right? So I got up and went, and I did this book study, and I just – it was interesting. There's about 15 guys in the room. I'm thinking it's 5 a.m. And uh, I can remember I had one of my superiors look at me and goes, why are you doing this on Tuesday morning at 5 a.m.? I was like, I don't know, but I kind of enjoy it. He, you know, he, But he didn't understand the value that I was receiving, and it wasn't because I was doing anything masterful or I was – you know, my theology was in perfect alignment because believe me, I'm as broken as anybody, but to be in a room with other men engaged just to have a conversation for 45 minutes on a Tuesday morning changed my life. And uh, I did that group uh, for a couple of years and then had the opportunity to go back to Murray. And God took care of me because I realized I needed that when I, when I moved back to Murray. And uh, now Murray State, you mentioned we were alumni, my wife and I. So we, we knew some more couples down there. And instantly, I got hooked up into a men's group in Murray. That was in 2004. And uh, man alive, it's just uh, I have made it an intentional focus that no matter where I'm at, because these groups come and go. Friends change. There's seasons of life. People move in and out. You know, it's fluid. That's the way God intended it to be. And, um, but no matter where I have been, and when I moved to Henderson in 2018, the first thing I did, well, I went to work yeah. first, yeah. but then I found a men's group. <laughs> you know, it was, it was something I knew that, that that transition of life was big because I was uprooting my family. It was changing our dynamic. And you, it would have been so easy for me to go, God, I ain't got time. I got to take care of these other things. But that's the time I needed him the very most. And so the Lord blessed me with a, a contacts. You helped me hook up with some guys up there, and I appreciate that. And and ultimately, it's evolved to where I now I'm doing a, a Friday morning at 6 a.m. With, with a group every week and uh, wouldn't miss it. Did a Zoom meeting with those guys this morning. So whether it was 
16 years ago on my first move or today, I think it's just imperative because God is always there. He's the father that we all need to focus on because if we're not focused on him, Satan will trap us in our sin and it's there. And uh, the men's group and the time that I spent in Murray working with you Mm -hmm. and re-up and starting other men's groups, I look back as on one of the most rewarding times in my life. And I can't tell you, we started, it's like eight or nine groups, 35, 40 men down there at one time. We were rocking and, um, they do. Some of those groups still exist today, but I will tell you, I've had, that's right. And that's a blessing. And those men have come back to me and just, I know as they have to you and said, I wouldn't have learned this had I not been in that group or I wouldn't have yeah. been able to get through this if I hadn't been in that group and testimony after testimony are there. So it's just a blessing. No. I hope I didn't carry on too much, but I just believe in the power of men. Yeah being men together and that means being vulnerable which is a hard thing to do and it's something i've had to learn but by opening up to someone who probably has been there and done that there's a lot of wisdom and it can shortcut your problems it'll make your valleys not quite as deep and uh you uh it's been good you know i i been good. I, I, I kind of always have said i came to the realization in my life that um I've literally always apparently had a gravitational pull to cheerleaders. Okay. When I was, when I was (laughs) playing sports in high school and college, that that was a literal pull to cheerleaders. But what I came to find out when I became an adult man was throughout my childhood and my teen years and adolescence and all that, I, I had cheerleaders in my life. I mean, my two great dads, my, you know, my own dad, Um, coaches, uh, fathers of some of my friends. But what happened was I got older. Those relationships went away. Um, some of those men passed away or whatever. I just didn't want to. And I, I found myself at a point in my life where I really didn't have any cheerleaders anymore. And, and, and what I meant by that were guys that would encourage me, uh, always remind mm-hmm. me that I, I was capable of being who I wanted to be. Um, but also they were guys that would, when I kind of started down a road, I didn't need to go on. Part of that cheerleader was, Hey, asking me some tough questions or saying some things to me that I didn't necessarily want to hear. But so I found myself really needing that, um, as I becoming, became an adult and most men don't really have that. And so I could you kind of speak to the value of that in your own life as far as, you know, having some of these men in those situations, being able to uh, speak into your life? Yes, sir. Absolutely. I think that uh, I don't know who said it, but, you know, you're a product Mm -hmm. of the five people you spend the most time with. And the uh, men's groups I've been in, some have been very small, some a larger, but ultimately that intimacy uh, and the ability to get to know each other and, and to communicate is critical. And, and there have been a handful of men who have spoken into my heart um, and really helped me understand the scripture at a deeper level mm. than I would have probably ever mm-hmm. picked up on my own, you know? So I think those relationships I'm 
I'm eternally grateful for. And I think that over the last 15 to 20 years as uh, men's groups, I have recognized that um, those encouragers, those cheerleaders you talk about are, mm-hmm. they're the reason that they keep bringing me back. Um, and what I find is when God gives me the chance now, as I'm starting to get a little more gray hair or a lot of gray hair, I find myself, people asking me questions that I was asking 15 and 20 years ago. And because of their guidance in my life, I now have guidance to give someone else. And I think that's the passing of inheritance um, that the scripture talks about. It's not always dollars and cents or land or, you know, possessions. Sometimes it's teach somebody to be empathetic or, you know, teach someone to be humble or teach someone to how to, to handle adversity and anxiety and how to deal with depression or, you know, whatever the case might be. And again, I am not perfect, but life just gives us experiences and it's the best teacher. And if I can be an encourager to someone else, it's a, it's the greatest blessing ever. So I've seen it come. Right. I've well, seen it work both directions. It's funny you're saying and that I because that's big. Go um, ahead. somebody that I did a recording with a few months ago, uh, uh, an episode of, of God and a Man, um, specifically spoke of you. Because he was in a group when he was a very young man in one of those groups in Murray. And you were a little older than him. And you spoke into his life uh, when he was dealing with a certain situation that was so significant. So I think what you're what wow. you're communicating here is, yeah, when you're involved in something like this, you get something out of it. But you don't realize what you're actually giving away as well you know andy andy stanley says it's it's not our responsibility to fill somebody else's bucket but it is our responsibility to dump whatever is in ours into theirs and you know i so i hear what you're saying and then i know the conversation of uh, in in the other podcast i had with a with a young man where you dumped a little something in his bucket and i guarantee you probably what you dumped in his bucket came from somebody dumping something into yours probably uh uh, I think there's there's that yeah. ripple effect that comes from that. Um, I guess another thing I'd like for you to kind of uh, expand on a little bit, Doug, is the in, inside a fire team that we use at REUP, that's what we call a group of men together. I know you've been in different contexts as well, but you were in a fire team for a long period of time in Mer- with some great guys. Oh, yeah. And, um, when I, whenever I would come to Murray, that was always one of the groups I, just, or teams I just loved to hang out with. Uh, you guys would let me come and sit in with you. But um, c- can you speak a little bit to the um, to the accountability aspect uh, and and and, and kind of how that fits into almost the brotherhood aspect as well a little bit, uh, especially especially in that the, the particular fire yeah. team I'm talking about that I know you were involved in. Yeah, that, uh, that aspect of re is, I don't know if I got a word for it. It's just incredible. So I'm a football guy by trade. I'm a little yeah. upset. It looks like we're going to lose our football season, but, uh, right now, but you know, the whole grab you by the face mask and hold you accountable. The best, uh, toughest love you ever get is on the field. When, when a coach is pouring themselves into you, and uh, yeah, and you probably need it. 
well, that's the way a fire team is. You know, you get in there and, and when I'd go back out on a field for the next play, mm-hmm. I didn't want to disappoint coach. And it's kind of that way every week when you get in with that fire team, you don't want to disappoint those guys. You're going to ask yourself the hard questions. You're going to expect them to answer them just like you are. And if you're struggling and you're honest in that group, um, it's a great guardrail in a man's life. Because if you've got a struggle out there during that week, you're not going to cross the guardrail because you know you've got accountability yeah. coming yeah. on whatever day you That's meet. That's great. That is great. And uh, men's groups absolutely helped me build some guardrails and uh, some parameters which to live within. And, and I mean, it could be anything. It could be the number of hours you work, the, the, the how many times a week you pray with your kids, or I'm going to dedicate myself, take my daughter to school every morning. I don't care what, what your guardrail or what your what your definition of a parameter is. But if you set some things in your life to say, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be disciplined to it. And you're intentional. God will reward that. It's about being obedient. We're asked to do lots of things. If you're really working to seek God's will in your life, he's going to ask you to do some things that sometimes don't make a lot of sense, but you got to be obedient. And some of the the men's group thing, I feel like he wants that so Mm. bad for me that I should want it that bad. And I need to be obedient to the call. So that accountability weekly uh, and that group that you're talking about, um, so I've been here not quite two years. I've been away from Murray. I haven't been, we have not met mm-hmm. since that time. And we've lost one of our teammates um, who's gone on to be with the Lord during that time. And oddly enough, <laughs> we still connect about every week. There's a yeah. text with the group. How's everybody doing? Uh, one of our group members uh, just sent us all a book that he was, had read that he was blown away with, knew we'd enjoy. And we were texting. I finished it this week at the beginning of the week on vacation you know, that commitment is still there. If we met tomorrow, we wouldn't realize wow. that there's a two-year void. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and that, It'd all be that is um, one of the things I've just – that the Lord has revealed to us over the last 10 years is, um, is men didn't realize they could have that or they needed that until they stepped into this setting. And, and then once they've done that, once they've done that, most men have said, right. I'm not, I don't understand how I, I live my life as a man prior to that time. You know, they, they, they've seen such a significance in that. And, you know, the, the, if the enemy can't defeat us, he's going to distract us. And, and if he can keep us away from That's investing right. in each other, he, 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 can, he can make a lot of progress in um, our world around us being chaotic. And obviously today we are living in those times. It kind of explains the six o'clock news as man, a disciple me used to say, because <laughs> we have such a leadership void right now uh, in our culture. And that leadership void yeah. is coming from the lack of men leading. And you can't lead without, a, a team around you that is is helping you become that leader and so um, as we kind of wrap up here just a second I want to go that direction for just a minute and because again we've got a guy out there going man I, I I'm busy I don't know if I've got the time I, I'm not really sure what the value of it is you know I, I run a, a major company I got two or three hundred employees or whatever could you speak into how how that has affected you as being a, an influencer of people, 
a leader of people in the settings that, that you've been in over the years. Sure. Absolutely. So <clears throat> I guarantee you, I'm a better husband, father, employee, employer, entrepreneur, banker, whatever title you want to strap to it, but it's Christian today than 25 years ago, obviously, you know, it's, there's been an evolution and that's how Christianity works. We come to know the Lord sometimes, but a lot of people stop there and they don't, they don't invest their time to, to gain the wisdom that the Lord will give you through that relationship. And so the men's group has given me a, an opportunity to learn more about how to lead people. And I believe me, I've made all the mistakes. I, I can give you a thousand. Don't do this. I did this. That didn't work. But when I was patient and I prayed about things, I won't say everyone worked out like you wanted to, but they weren't nearly as hard or, or things got better or I was shown a better way to handle something or a situation. And whether it was the encouragement I got out of a weekly re-up fire team meeting or a word that I got uh, out of scripture, one of the things that the re-up group taught me uh, was to journal. And I've journaled most every day for the last 12 years. Um, and mm -hmm. I will tell you, when you write your prayers to the Lord, you study his word in the morning and for you. <laughs> That's where my 5 a.m.s are spent right now. It is a yep. It's a game changer. I cannot tell you. I don't know where. We would not be on this call clearly <laughs> if I did not have men's groups. And just, and I don't know that I would have my family. I don't know what would have happened to my life if I had stayed in that. I'm too busy or my ego was too big, you know, and um, I just, I fear to think about what that would look like. But the word busy, I can remember sitting in Sunday school. It's been years ago. And uh, it was described as an acronym mm. being under mm. Satan's yoke. And I thought, Nothing hit me in the mouth any harder. That's back when I had little bitty kids and I was working my tail off 80, 90, 100 hours a week trying to be the very best, blah, 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 make the next bonus, whatever. But I was totally ego and world driven and it was killing us and in our house with my young children. And there was just a night. And when I heard that being under Satan's joke, something about that shifted my heart. And I'm like, okay, God, this one's on you. What we're going to do. I'm down as low as I can get. Let's get this together. I need to save his family. And my focus changed. And that's when the men's group started. Like literally after that prayer, I went to Paducah a few months later and we just kind of had this family reboot and we put, put him in the forefront, Stacy and I, and we just celebrated 27 years. So I'm going to call it a, uh, absolutely. It's a water. You know, it's something you said so. there in that prayer, I, 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 a gentleman, gave me some great advice one time many, many, many years ago when he uh, heard a, a man talk about how much time he spent in the word on a daily basis. And this man looked at me and he said, or another man looked at me and said, how in the world could somebody do? That? Well, a man that was very quiet sitting on the other side of me in this setting said, I know how he did that. He asked the Lord to give it to him. And the Lord gave it to him. And he yep. said, because that's what the Lord yep. wants. So if you ask the Lord to give you an hour, hour and a half a week to meet with a group of men, he'll give it to you. Because he wants to have it. 
it'll be so that excuse of being busy, yeah. which I just wrote that down. I've never heard that being under Satan joke. Um, is it, it, it will ask the Lord, and the way I the way I teach it to men is if you'll if you'll ask him for thirty minutes, he'll give you forty five. He always gives you. And That's right. If, if you ask That's him right. for an hour and a half to meet with a group of guys, he'll give you two hours. And so I think this busy excuse doesn't hold a lot of, a lot of weight when we really, yeah, when we really, when we really, really look work. at it. So, and you're a guy. Yeah, I know that uh, I had young kids and, and Stacy was like, I said, hey, they're starting this new group Tuesday nights, nine o'clock. I thought, you know, here he is, a young kid. She's going to want me to stay home. I'm not going to have to go, right? Yeah. She's like, that sounds good to me. You can't get enough prayer time I've right never, now. You I've need to go. Never run like, into, well, there you go. I've never run into so, a wife that didn't want her then, husband to pursue. Yeah. You know? And, and, they'll, <laughs> and I've never run into That's a wife right. that said, yeah. you know what? I have no problem submitting to my husband if he's, if he's pursuing the Lord. Because I know we'll have a great relationship. Right. And he'll be a great father. So... So yeah. I think, I think I hope a Amen. lot of guys are are, are hearing that this morning, uh, this as we talk this morning, because I this busy this busy excuse just you know we have so doc, in the true measure of a man, Doctor Simmons says in that book that unfortunately most men spend all their time trying to be successful at things that don't really matter or won't ever matter, and we've we've bought that hook line and sinker we've got it in our mouths and we're running across the lake with it and. You know, I, I just think you have proved totally different. You can have a successful career and be um, what I think you're doing, what you want, what you've always wanted to do. I've been around you enough lately to know how you feel so fulfilled in what you're doing right now. And but yet you've been able to accomplish yeah. that. And there's a lot of young men that would like to be in the position you're in someday. And, and you've, you've accomplished it yet along the way. You've also become this. This this man of God that I'm sure your wife thinks you're uh, the greatest husband in the world probably most of the time, and you're you're. Yeah. I'll speak for her. She yeah, does. Yeah, absolutely. She's, she's lucky kids, gal out there. <laughs> I think they would admit. I think they would admit that. You know well, what? My dad's been an awful good dad to me, yeah. and so again, I I'm just a no nonsense guy. I think that excuse of saying you're too busy doesn't hold a lot of weight when I, when I talk to the Doug, Doug Lawson's of the world. And so I, I, I just, I just really, really, really appreciate your, your commitment to the Lord and your desire to be who he's made you to be. And you've lived that out. And I'm, 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 I'm excited for a lot of men to hear what we've talked about today because um, you, you've made it um, sound and well, not just sound, you've, you've, you've made it a reality that all men can do that. They can, they can still pursue a career and have some success in the world's eyes. If you want to say that, but, but along the way, be the God, the man God made them to be. And so that's something. And I think the, uh, the key lesson, Tim, not to cut you off there, but um, if you pursue God and you're intentional, you are going to upset Satan and there will be some tough days, but keep the head down and keep the faith. And because in the end, the battle, battle to be significant mm -hmm. is far better mm -hmm. than the battle to be successful. 
and and if you can have a significant exactly team, right. you really are successful. That's exactly so. Uh, those are yeah. great words of wisdom from Doug Lawson, guys. So, um, hey, my brother, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time this morning, especially on a vacation. And we'll we'll have you Heck we'll yeah, have you back on it. again sometime soon, and uh, hopefully, maybe you'll catch a little fish mm-hmm. this weekend or something out on out on the boat. So. <laughs> And enjoy, I bet we enjoy put a family. pole in the so, water here pretty soon. Guys, thanks for joining us for another episode of God in the Man. Uh, be sure and join us uh, for our next episode. Have a great day.